This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Joining me right now is Anthony Reich. Boketov. Anthony, how are you? Boketov, Kathy, Shavuotov. Shavuotov. Uh, Merry Christmas to our Christian listeners. Hope that uh, the Christmas season will be a blessed one for you, for, for all of us. Um, and talking of Christmas, of course, I mean, the main events surrounding Christmas took place in a little place called Bethlehem, uh, which is not too far from where I'm sitting right now. And it's quite traditional for the Palestinian Authority, who has administrative control over the city of Bethlehem, to arrange Christmas activities and festivities. Um, it's a peak season for the town of Bethlehem. A lot of visitors come along there. They like to be in um, Manger Square. They like to visit the Church of the Nativity, which is uh, reported to mark the exact location where Jesus was born. And of course, um, uh, on a day like today, which marks that occasion, um, it seems logical and uh, a good idea to arrange festivities. This year, however, there are no activities in Bethlehem, nothing happening in the Church of the Nativity. And ironically, in Manger Square, they have set up a pile of rocks with some barbed wire, which is the Palestinian Authority way of identifying with what's happening in the war in Gaza. And the Palestinian Authority has been noticeably quiet over the past 80 days during the time uh, that the war has raged. But this is their kind of little protest that they've put up in Manger Square on Christmas Day instead of the usual Christmas tree and crowds of people who come along there to celebrate the birth of Jesus. um, They have put up their little protest. And just to mention that this has resulted in the closure of no fewer than 70 hotels in that area because this would be their peak season for tourism. And, of course, this year nothing is happening. So 70 hotels have closed down in that area with a loss of more than 6,000 jobs just to give people an idea of how um, in, how much of an impact all of this is having the war in Gaza is having not only on us in Israel and not only on the people in Gaza but even further afield than that absolutely and of course the economic impact is you know that that becomes very fertile ground for radicalism on both sides um, Exactly. So, yeah. so the economic impact, of course, is significant and noticeable. The question is, to what extent is it radicalizing people while all of this is happening, while children are watching all of this go on? What impact is it having on them for future generations? That, unfortunately, we won't know today or tomorrow or next month. 
um, but in the fullness of time, I guess we will begin to understand the impact of that. Yeah. Anthony, over the weekend, five, five bodies of hostages were found in the tunnels in Gaza of Israeli hostages. Um, what more is known about the bodies? Well, um, this was announced yesterday that five hostage bodies were found in Gaza. And it turns out that um, this is an event that already took place some time ago, oh. potentially as, as, as long ago as two weeks ago. In fact, the bodies were found on, the de- on December the 12th, we are told. Um, and in fact, two of the five bodies we were told about at the time, those of Eden Zaharia and Zivdado, they, their bodies were spoken about at the time that they were found. But it's the, the other three uh, individuals whose bodies were found who we only learned about yesterday. And they happened to be three IDF soldiers, Nick Baser, who was 19 years old, Ron Sherman, who was 19 years old, and Elia Toledano, who was 28 years old. And the, the thing about um, that is that the IDF have said the reason that they didn't release their names immediately was in order to protect the soldiers who were continuing their work on the ground. Um, it turns out that these three IDF soldiers were actually the subjects of a video that was released by Hamas um, earlier, which showed the three of them alive. So there can be little doubt that the three of them were killed in captivity in some way, which the details of which we're not aware of, but um, the three of them were clearly killed in captivity. Their bodies were found in a massive tunnel, we are told, um, around the area of Gaza City. We are also led to believe that their bodies weren't found together, that the bodies were found in different areas of this vast tunnel, which apparently includes a massive elevator and large rooms, and it's split into side rooms like command centers, medical stations, prayer rooms, rooms for manufacturing weapons, all within the tunnel. and in fact, um, I said that the tunnel was in Gaza City, but that's not correct. It's actually near to Jabalia, so I apologize for that. That's where this tunnel was. And up until very, very recently, the IDF were continuing their activities in exploring and checking the, the details of this tunnel, after which the tunnel was ultimately destroyed completely. So I wonder whether the IDF might not have wondered whether they might find more hostages in that area, either dead or alive. But it was only yesterday that the names of these three IDF soldiers who um, were clearly uh, murdered in cold blood and um, in captivity, um, where, you know, one wonders, um, uh, they wondered whether there might be more uh, around that area. It seems as if they're ultimately no other evidence of hostages, either dead or alive, uh, were found. There was some concern about possibly booby-trapping those tunnels um, while the IDF soldiers were exploring them, um, but that work is now done. The tunnel has been blown up. The five bodies have been returned to Israel. They've already been buried in Israel. Um, and uh, I'm afraid, you know, as, as bad as this news is, and it has been a very, very rough weekend all in all, not only with the news of these five hostages, but indeed of the news of another 14 IDF soldiers who were killed in the operations in Gaza, bringing the total death toll since the ground offensive began, brings the death toll to 156 soldiers. And the numbers are amounting. Unfortunately, there were incidents where multiple uh, deaths were caused by 
the use of rocket-propelled grenades and anti-tank missiles, which were launched towards vehicles where IDF soldiers were traveling and killed quite a number of people and seriously injured quite a few as well. We understand that the current numbers are about 2,000 soldiers who have sustained injuries of some way, shape or form, and something like 300 of them are in quite serious condition. So we very, very seldom get to know those numbers about the, 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 the injured and the seriously injured. Um, but of course, it's been a very, very tough weekend in Gaza. And the Prime Minister yesterday said that the IDF is intensifying it its efforts in Gaza. So this is not a moment where things calm down because we get reports about the IDF withdrawing from certain areas, having completed their work. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're withdrawing the intensity of the effort that's going on in Gaza. Quite on the contrary, um, the, the effort in Gaza is intensifying as things move on. There is a movement of the soldiers further towards the south of Gaza at the moment in order to try and get their um, to try and take possession of some of the other tunnels and the military um, installations and the military infrastructure that's been built in that area. There seems to be still quite a lot of work to do. Who would believe that on day 80, day 80 of the war, that we would still be finding massive amounts of arms and ammunition and infrastructure that still hasn't yet been destroyed in spite of the air power, in spite of the ground power. We're still finding they are able to launch missiles towards um, Israel as, as, as uh, factions in Gaza have been doing. So all in all, um, there still seems to be quite a lot more work to do before we can honestly feel that the ability of Hamas to attack Israel has been destroyed. You know, Anthony, there was a story about one of the things that the IDF felt found were suicide vests for children. Did you see that story? Yeah. And, it, um, and you know what it made me think? That sometimes I think that, you know, Hamas is a greater threat to the children of Gaza than the IDF will ever be because the IDF doesn't build suicide vests for children. Unfortunately, we, we, we can't be shocked any more than we have well, been. Well, it still shocks the, the hell out of me. The amount of shock that we've gone through about what uh, Hamas has done, not only to our people, but to their own people, the lack of humanity that exists, the hatred, the length and the extent and the depth of the hatred that is directed towards us, that it manifests, manifests itself in them not giving any consideration to their own people, their hatred. This is a very famous quote made by Golda Meir, which has become even more true in recent times. And what she said was that we can never have war when their hate for us is stronger than their love for their own children. And I think that that is a quote which is so pertinent today because that's exactly what we're seeing when we see suicide vests, when we see human shields being set up, when we see the fact that it is more important to kill and to hate us than it is to protect their own people. It is clear that there is no place to say, let's find a, a peaceful way to coexist, because yeah. that clearly is not on the agenda and not possible, not now and not in the near future, according to what we see coming out of there. So my levels of shock, um, unfortunately, have been somewhat um, dampened because I don't know how much shock I can really go through anymore. And I think many of us are feeling the same. 
Yeah, absolutely. Anthony, tomorrow, um, if, if we can, providing there isn't like massive breaking news overnight, um, would it be possible to, I'll do research on this side and maybe if you could look on your side, um, these 20,000 uh, plus deaths that Hamas um, health ministry is claiming. You know, when I think of the 1,200 deaths in Israel following the 7th of October, everyone who I spoke to in Israel was attending funerals and it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. The 20,000 in Gaza, um, is there any coverage of where these burials are happening? Because otherwise it's other, there's other issues around that if, if those are bodies that are not being buried. No, there's, there's sure. health issues um, around let's, that. Let's talk, let's talk about that. There's quite a lot of information that I already have um, available into hand, which Thank I can you. refer to. So let's definitely talk about that tomorrow by all means. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anthony. And I wish you a safe day and a good day. Christmas to all our Christian listeners. Thank you so much, Anthony. God bless. Bye bye. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Hallelujah.